Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. On Wednesday night, March 31st, 2021, at approximately 6 p.m., I set forth on a cinematic journey. The goal? To watch a giant gorilla fight a giant lizard, and maybe even see a city destroyed in the process. Did the journey go well? Did I meet my goal? Will I be spoiling the crap out of a major big-budget motion picture? I can, with absolute certainty and 100% confidence, answer yes to all three of those questions. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the only podcast that yearns to one day become a giant axe-wielding gorilla. I'm your host, Stephen, and it is with great pleasure and just a bit weariness that I come to you to talk about the monster battle of the year, Godzilla versus Kong. Now, before we get into this movie, I just want to fill you in on a couple of quick things. First, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Second, if you have not seen it and you want to remain spoiler-free, then I suggest you shut off this episode right now because I will be spoiling it. I mention that primarily because I did have what might be considered a minor spoiler about the movie. Well, some people might consider it a major spoiler. I was spoiled at one point just a couple of days before I saw the movie. And because of that spoiler, I had pretty much figured out the basic story behind the entire movie within the first 10 to 15 minutes. So this is your warning, your final warning. I will be spoiling it. With that said, before I uh, before I get to the spoiler that that I ran across a couple of days before I watched the movie, everything that I had seen up to that point, and I I avoided most everything. I watched the trailers. That's about it. The trailers were all very good about not giving anything away, except for the fact that Godzilla and King Kong were gonna fight, and that King Kong was using some sort of weapon at some point. Beyond that, I had read that there would be a clear winner. So let's get to the spoilers. 
a couple of days before I watched the movie, and I watched it on the day it was released. It was released on March 31st in both the theaters and on HBO Max. I'd gotten HBO Max primarily just to watch this movie, so I watched it that night. But a couple of days before, I had run across something. I think somebody put it up on Twitter. Twitter is not somewhere you want to be if you don't want to be spoiled, because some folks just don't care and will just spoil the crap out of stuff. And it's sometimes not easy to avoid those kind of spoilers because they don't give you any warning. It's just, boom, there's a spoiler. So I'm pretty sure it was on Twitter that I ran across this. But I ran into the spoiler that Mecha Godzilla was going to be in the movie. So knowing that, I went into the movie under the assumption that Godzilla and King Kong would meet, they would fight, one of them may win that fight, but in the end, they would both team up to take on Mechagodzilla. Now, one thing you also got from the trailers was that Godzilla evidently had become evil. In his first two movies, he was the savior of humankind. Whenever a Muto would step up and start destroying things, Godzilla would come out of the ocean and kick that Muto's butt and restore balance and then go back home. Well, in this movie, he had apparently gone bad. And as the movie starts, you're introduced to a a corporation, a a company called Apex. And they're like, they're a a technology company. They do all kinds of stuff, but they, they play a little like commercial for them and they deal in cybernetics and uh, AI and that kind of stuff. Well, almost immediately, Godzilla comes out of the ocean and attacks their corporate headquarters. And there's a dude in the movie, I think his name was Bernie. He was a podcaster and he was podcasting like he was like a, a a mysterious podcaster who had been secretly working at Apex because he thought something strange was going on there in regard to the Titans. And so he was doing this investigative reporting for his podcast by working there for five, for four years to get all the dirt and the lowdown and all that good stuff. So he's there when Godzilla attacks and Godzilla makes no bones about it. He shows up, he attacks this, this facility, he uses his radiation, lightning, flame breath, whatever you want to call it, to just destroy this place. And once he does, he turns around and he goes back into the ocean. He doesn't touch anything else. It's just this one complex. And it's a pretty big complex. Well, at one point when Godzilla leaves, Bernie finds a, I think that's his name. I can't quite recall now. I might be just completely wrong. So, but I'm going to call him Bernie and we'll just go with that going forward. But Bernie comes across uh, as, as everybody is evacuating, he finds a group of people that are going through basically a, a, a security door and he follows them and he's not supposed to be back there, but he finds what looks like a giant uh, eyeball that is uh, like a like a robot eyeball, basically. And it's at that point that I realized, all right, OK, it, it all makes sense uh, because the trailer basically says Godzilla goes bad. They need King Kong to fight him. They make it sound pretty simple. And it's 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 it is that simple, but it's not it's just a bit more complicated. But at that point, I realized, all right, well, the reason why Godzilla is going bad is because he has somehow figured out that this company is creating this Mecha Godzilla. There was something about the eyeball when we saw it. It was like pulsing and it was letting out this noise. And it made me think of the Orca 
in Godzilla King of the Monsters that, you know, would give the the bio signature sound or whatever. And I figured, all right, well, that's that's what drew him here. And he destroyed everything. He knows that they're trying to replace him or something. And well, then we get some more information about King Kong. I'm going to go out of order here. That's just the way I do things. But we learn that, of course, King Kong has grown much larger. And the island that he's living on, he's getting so big that Skull Island may no longer be able to sustain him. And they've actually created like this large dome on the island that he lives in. And they use these holographic panels and the ceilings and the walls to make Godzilla feel like he's outside. He knows he's not. I don't think they were fooling him. I think he's a he I, I think they made it fairly clear that he's a pretty smart guy. He I mean, at one point he throws a tree into the ceiling of this place and destroys some of the tiles. Um, but he doesn't seem surprised when that happens. It's more like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of being inside this place. And he, he just, you know, he's just lashing out in anger. Well, we learn there's this little girl that lives on the Island, uh, along with this woman, there's a whole, I think it's a whole team of Monarch folks. One of them, she's in charge of watching after King Kong and this little girl who was one of the natives of this Island, apparently a storm came in and wiped everybody out except for her. And King Kong basically kind of took it upon himself to be her protector. And this woman whose name I can't remember, I can't remember anybody's name. So that's just the way it's got to be. I can remember a Godzilla and King Kong. That's all that really matters. This woman who works for Monarch, she basically adopts this little girl. This little girl is deaf. She can't hear. She can't talk. She's mute and deaf. She speaks with sign language. Um, We learn later in the movie that King Kong also knows a bit of sign language and that they communicate with each other using that. Uh, but they have to keep him in this dome because there's something about it that hides him from Godzilla. Basically, King Kong has grown to the point that he is an alpha titan, just like Godzilla is. And the fear is that if they let King Kong out, Godzilla will, of course, sense his presence and come and fight him because there can only be one Alpha Titan. Well, the guy who owns Apex, he approaches this scientist that used to work for Monarch that had at one point, you know, everybody that works for Monarch has this hollow earth theory that all the monsters come from the center of the earth, which is hollow. But nobody has been able to prove this theory because nobody's been able to journey all the way there. Well, this scientist and his brother had taken a team to try to get to the center of the earth and his brother died in the process. We find out he, he, the, the guy who owns apex has come to visit this doctor and, and he says, we need you to get to the center of the earth. We have detected an energy signature there. And if we can get there and we can get some of this energy, if we can tap into this, it's going to solve all of our problems, basically, you know, it's going to be a boon to mankind. We, you know, a renewable source of energy and blah, 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 and all that stuff. So this guy, they come to him because he's the, this scientist is the only one that's, that's ever been close to getting to the center of the earth. And the, the scientist tells them that y- you can't do it because there's a certain point. Once you get deep enough, there's a certain point where you hit, hit this like a gravity well or a, a reversal of gravity that is such a, it's such a shock to the system that it, it just destroys you. It just turns you inside out or whatever. And that's what killed his brother. And so this, the guy who owns apex is like, well, we've built these vehicles that can withstand that 
So we want you to lead this expedition. And frankly, we want, uh, I, I think the idea, I can't remember who had the idea, if it was the scientist or the guy from Apex. I think it was a scientist. He basically says, all right, well, if we're going to find this energy source within the center of the earth, we basically need another Titan. We need a Titan to take us because he he talks about um, bio-navigation, like a genetically encoded, um, like a homing pigeon or certain species that generations and generations later can still find their way back to their original nesting places and, and all that junk. And he thinks that a Titan can take them straight to this energy source. And so they're going to use King Kong to do that. And uh, they do end up getting to the center of the earth. It's really cool. There are some monsters there. There's not as many as you would think, but it ends up being King Kong's home because he can't stay on the island anymore and he needs a place to stay. And there's this whole there's you learn like almost this just very they very basically touch on this this whole mythos that these Titans used to live underground and and there's almost like a temple there. So maybe humans live there as well. And and uh, in this temple is this statue of a giant gorilla. So King Kong's people, basically. And there's this axe that's made out of a, a, a large bone and some kind of rock. And the axe taps into this energy source and glows and, and all this junk. And any it, it's it's really it was really quite fun. And I hope that at some point they explore it further. I don't think they will with Godzilla, because from what I understand, the they only had the rights to do three movies with Godzilla. He goes back to Toho or whoever in Japan actually owns Godzilla. But they can with King Kong. And this was, to to be honest, it was more King Kong's movie than Godzilla. And there's at one point when they are, they leave the Skull Island with, with King Kong. He's on this, this ship and Godzilla attacks them while they're on the ship. So that's the first fight. And Godzilla pretty much beats him up. Then we find out that uh, when we learn about Mecha Godzilla, it's in Hong Kong where another one of Apex's big facilities are. And we learn that there is a, at the end of Godzilla King of the Monsters, there's a post-credit scene where the the dude, the bad guy, uh, buys a Ghadira head off the black market. It's like the only thing left of King Ghadira after, I'm probably not pronouncing that wrong. I always pronounce that wrong. After that battle, well, we find out what happens to it. I'm assuming that that's what this is, because at this point now, it's just a skull. And each of the heads of Ghadira would talk, speak to each other telepathically. And so Apex has rigged this thing up where a guy sits inside this skull with this thing on his head and he uses whatever telepathic resonance was is still left in this skull to communicate and quote unquote pilot Mecha Godzilla. So they fire it up for another test and Godzilla attacks. And at the time that Godzilla attacks this complex, King Kong has located this place in the center of the earth. And there's a, a big stone throne that he's sitting on and he's got his axe and he places his axe in a certain place on the ground and it starts soaking up all this energy. Well, that sends a signal or something to Godzilla. He picks up on it. And it's basically coming from the center of the earth right beneath him. So he just shoots his freaking energy, radiation, fire breath or wh whatever straight through the earth all the way down to the center. And 
tries to kill whatever is happening down there. And basically it just bores this giant tunnel that um, in relation to where King Kong is, it comes up from the ground. So the place is starting to fall apart and everybody has to escape. And so King Kong jumps into the hole and he pops up in Hong Kong. And that's when he and Godzilla start fighting. And the first round of that fight, King Kong kicks his butt. But then Godzilla comes back for more. And in the end, Godzilla wins. I mean, King Kong is actually laying on the ground with a dislocated shoulder. And the little girl comes up to him and she presses her hand on the ground and she can feel his heartbeat through the ground. And she realizes his his heartbeat is slowing and he's dying. And, and you know, they need to kickstart his heart. They need a defibrillator that's super, you know, that has a lot of energy. And this this vehicle that Apex had built for them to journey into the center of the earth has a ton of energy in it. That's the only way it can it can do what it needed to do. And so they use it basically as a defibrillator. At this point, God, okay, so basically it, it just kind of falls into place the way I thought. They fight, Godzilla wins, King Kong is down for the count. Um, they they tap into this energy source from the center of the earth and they they flow it into Mecha Godzilla. But what they don't realize, what happens is with all this energy in Mecha Godzilla, whatever again telepathic link that was less left in this skull, whatever consciousness was still there because it's an alien, it's still alive. It's still thinking and it taps into that energy source and it takes over. So basically King Ghadira is inside Mechagodzilla. It kills the pilot and then it just takes over and it just starts just kicking Godzilla's butt. I mean, really just kicking his butt. He's just dragging him all over the city and slamming slamming him into buildings and and it was it was pretty awesome. So they they kickstart King Kong's heart and the little girl tells King Kong that Godzilla is not his enemy. And she points it, you know, off in the distance where Mecha Godzilla is and she says, "That is your enemy. Basically, you have to help. You have to help Godzilla." But she starts crying and she goes, "But you have to be careful. She's so worried about him." It was so sweet. Well, that's when King Kong gets up and then both King Kong and Godzilla start fighting Mecha Godzilla, and it was super awesome because it ultimately, even though King Kong lost to Godzilla, he's the one that ends up just kicking Mecha Godzilla's butt. He uh he retrieves his axe Godzilla fires his freaking radiation breath at the axe, charging it up. And then King Kong just goes to town and just starts chopping Mecha Godzilla up into pieces. And then he rips his head off. It was it was a freaking super wonderful, awesome movie. And uh, I've I've already read people online saying they need to take the whole human element out of it. And while while I kind of agree that maybe they need to not use as much of the human element, you know, as much of the people as they do the monsters. It needs to be more monsters. I just, I don't know what kind of movie that would be like if it was no humans and just monsters. I think that'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting experiment for them to try. I'm fairly certain they did it back in the day. I'm fairly certain that like, I feel like I remember watching one of the old Godzilla movies that was really didn't have that many humans in it, but maybe they will. Maybe they will eventually get to that point. But, uh, I think for a lot of people, when you make a movie like that, for a large majority of the viewing audience, they're not going to they're not going to feel like they're a part of the movie. They're not going to feel like they can relate to what's going on the movie in the movie. They're going to feel like they can't follow along if there's not that human element there for them to root for, I guess, for them to relate to. But the movie was awesome. It was super awesome. 
Um, I like the people in it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It was, it's, I mean, really, if you want to watch Godzilla and King Kong fight and then team up and fight Mechagodzilla, this is your movie, you know? It's just that simple. It's like I said at the beginning, I sat down expecting to watch a movie where a giant gorilla fights a giant lizard and maybe destroys a city in the process. And that's exactly what I got. Big budget. The special effects were freaking great. They were, there was at no point in the movie did I feel, you know, you watch some of these movies sometimes with, that's a lot of CGI and you, you find moments that you're taken out of the movie. It's like, oh, that's CGI. I can see it. Oh, look, there are the seams. Basically, you know, between the CGI creature and the human beings and all that junk. And not, that never happened in this movie. Not once. Um, frankly, I'm looking forward to watching it again because it was really, really good. And I loved King Kong in it. I love him so much. And I hope they do more with him. I like the fact that he can communicate by sign language. I like the fact that he's got a freaking axe now. And the movie ends with him back in the center of the earth. He's found his home. That's where he lives. Monarch has set up a station there to kind of keep an eye on him and whatnot and to do research down there and all that. But uh, it was really good. I don't know what they're going to do going forward as far as Godzilla is concerned, because he didn't, you know, he survived the movie. A lot of people thought what was going to happen because unless they get the rights back that uh, they were going to kill off Godzilla because they can't use him anymore. But he's still alive. He ends the movie. You know, they have they end with a, a, a begrudging respect for each other. And then Godzilla heads back into the ocean. My daughter, it's funny, my daughter, I'll, I'll say this. She was kind of hoping her hope going into this. They didn't watch it. Neither. None of my kids watched it. Both of my daughters were like, tell me who wins. And I was like, no, I don't, don't want to tell you who wins. If you want to know who wins, you you watch it. They were both rooting for King Kong. But one of my daughters, Rana, was basically saying what she hoped would happen would be that they would fight and then they would become friends and they would high five at the end of the movie. So she was really disappointed that after they beat up Mechagodzilla, that they didn't high five before they went their separate ways. I guess that would have been all right. <laughs> but I, you know, there were some there were some moments in the movie where, you know, of course, it's a movie about giant monsters, but it was the sci fi was way more over the top in this movie than any of the others so far. So there were moments in it that were almost bordering on hokey. I mean, you had a couple of moments where Godzilla is kicking so much butt that he, he almost, he basically smiles a couple of times. He's so happy with himself for just kicking all this butt. Uh, but uh, a high five between the two of them. I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have reacted to that. Part of me feels like I would have gotten up and cheered. And part of me felt, feels like I would have been, that might have been a little too much. That might have been a little too on the nose. But I thought it was funny. I thought it was a funny idea. Uh, but yeah, that, those are my thoughts about Godzilla. I can give or take the people. They were all good. You had the the uh, the wolf guy who was in the second movie, the second Godzilla movie, and his daughter. You had, uh, oh, were they the only ones that returned from any of the movies? I think so. There is kind of I, I do kind of wonder who writes these movies sometimes because the the girl, she's in Stranger Things. She was I, I don't remember her name. I think the mom's name was Emma Madison. I think her name was Madison. She she's in this movie and she's the only one 
you know, her dad believes that Godzilla has gone bad and she's trying to convince him. No, that's why would he do that? You've got to listen to this podcast. This guy is talking about Apex and her dad's like, you know what? Just freaking get out of my way and let me handle my business. All right. So she and a friend who is her age, this boy who was in the second Deadpool movie, I believe that's who that kid is. Anyway, they go off on their own to find this freaking podcaster and they end up in freaking Hong Kong. And they're just, I don't know, I just have to imagine, you know, at the end when when uh, she finally meets back up with her dad, he's so happy to see her that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I would be angry to find out that my teenage daughter snuck out and went to find some strange dude from the internet. And I don't know. I mean, there's giant monsters. You got to take, take stuff with a grain of salt. But as a father, I watch these kind of things sometimes and I just... Shake my head. What kind of dad is this that just has no idea where his daughter is, that she can just leave like that? And the most that he's going to do is is text her a few times. Where are you at? Where are you at? Why won't you write me back? You know, he just, well, she's missing. She's not responding to my texts, but I got a job to do, so I better do it. That just, eh, it just seems silly to me. Anyway, Godzilla versus Kong. Loved it. I hope they do more with King Kong. I hope we get more in the MonsterVerse. Until then, my name is Steven and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.